join me in a word of prayer? Lord, would you send down your spirit upon us to open our ears, to soften our hearts, that we might hear you speaking to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading today is uh, from the letter by Paul to a church in Rome. If you find it confusing, don't worry. You're in good company. If you flip over to uh, the letter Second Peter, uh, he actually says, aren't Paul's letters extremely confusing? So when other biblical authors get confused, it's all right. You're now a reading from Romans chapter 15. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scripture we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've heard it said, if you're not born in Scottsboro, you'll never be from here. <laughs> Which I suppose is true of anywhere. You might say, but I've lived here 15 years. I've lived here 50 years. I love this town and I'm never going to move. But I'm just from Stevenson. But my kids were born here. None of this matters. You were born somewhere else, so you'll have to join the choruses of voices who clamor to be Scottsboroian, Scottsboroites, from Scottsboro is the point, but who will never be. If you're not born in Scottsboro, you'll just never be from here. And at times, if you're not from Scottsboro, you'll get lost in a story that spans three generations. You won't remember Mrs. So-and-so with the gray cat that lived in that house before they moved into Harry's cousin's house on the mountain. You won't know the Armsteads who lived in the house before the Johnsons where the pastors now live. (laughs) You won't have been friends with Billy, had the same teachers through kindergarten and middle school, gotten your permits on the same day, got his truck stuck in the cornfield together, left for college for a while only to come back and pick up right where you left off. At times, entirely by accident, if you're not from here, you'll find yourself looking in from the outside, realizing that there is so much shared life you just can't duplicate. It's nothing to do with people's friendliness or invitations in, no lack of concern. Maybe it's just that we came from New Jersey, but the level of friendliness and welcome caused a little bit of whiplash for us. It's simply that if you're not from born in Scottsboro, you'll never be from here. 
In the ancient world, it didn't really seem to matter where the Jews found themselves. No matter what, people treated them like they weren't from around here. This was just as true in ancient Rome, where Paul was writing this letter. Rome was the city of the ancient world. It was London and New York City and Paris and Washington, D.C., all combined. From England to the edge of India to Egypt, Rome was the city. It had everything. It had temples to every god. The Colosseum, where thousands of gladiators would fight to the death while tens of thousands would cheer in the crowd. It had armies of beggars. It had trade opportunities. It had careers in military and politics. If you wanted to be the best at anything, you went to Rome. In the midst of all this diversity, though, there were some shared expectations. Everyone paid their taxes. Everyone worshipped the Roman gods, including the Roman emperor. Everyone except the Jews. You see, for these other groups, there were blurred lines of similarity and difference, and they would make these certain compromises, but for the Jews, there were the Jews, and then all y'all. You are either Jewish or you're not from here. And the word they used for not from here is Gentile. It didn't matter if the Jews lived in Greece, in the countryside of Turkey, the desert of Israel, or a high-rise in Rome, they had their own language, their own holidays, their own customs, their own food. Either you were a Jew or you weren't from here. You were a Gentile. So maybe that's why when we hear Paul talking about what was written in former days for our instruction or the promise given to the patriarchs or the root of Jesse as though these will spark vivid images in our mind, we suddenly feel like we're not from here. We find ourselves glancing around to see if other people are understanding what is he talking about? Who is Jesse? What tree? What promise? What on earth is a patriarch? You see, as Christians, we've been invited into a party that's been going on for some time. We're starting the movie halfway through, if you will. So oftentimes we find ourselves having to be that person who leans over and loudly whispers, When did that guy's hand get cut off? Why are they kissing? I thought they were cousins. (laughs) We find ourselves trying to understand what has already happened and keep up with what's happening at the same time. But it's important that it's the same party it's always been. It's important that the movie hasn't changed. God has never left his people. That is God's nature. We don't believe that God upgrades his guest list and leaves some behind. Instead, God just grows the guest list. There was a sixth grader writing a guest list for her birthday party. Five names. Just some friends. But when she gave her guest list to mom, mom looked at it and immediately saw some changes needed to be made. Sarah had been invited, but her best friend Jane was not. So Jane was added to the list to avoid drama. And Jane's twin sister is tacked on for good measure, because have mercy on that mother, too. And you might not like your little brother, because after all, he does pick his nose. But he's your brother, so his name goes on the list. And I know you and Kelsey are fighting right now because she said your jokes are boring like your dad's jokes. But you'll regret not inviting her one day, so she goes on the list. And your little brother will want some friends, so there's Jack and Billy. And I might as well invite parents, so I have someone to talk to. And before you know it, the party grows from 5 to 50. As many of you know, if you think birthday parties are bad, wait until the wedding. (laughs) But this is how God's guest list grows. 
It was the Israelites, his followers from the line of Abraham, and they'd received this promise of peace. And some of them thought that peace meant keeping the guest list small. But God's peace is living, and it's restless. God's peace wants to grow faster than a wedding invite list because it's a peace destined for the Gentiles, for the people who aren't from here, for the people from anywhere. It's not a quiet peace. It's not a tranquil peace. It's not the peace of a quiet walk in the woods. It's the content peace after a long day's work. What is God's peace? It's a harder question than it looks. What is his peace? It's not a place you're from or the place you are. There are people who have it in the crummiest forgotten corners of the world. And there are people living in paradise who can't find peace for the life of them. God's peace isn't the absence of violence, which is confusing. But Jesus promised his disciples peace, and then almost all of them were crucified. And it's not the absence of conflict. Jesus tells his disciples, follow this sentence, that his peace will set brother against brother, mother against daughter, that his followers will be thrown out of their families and synagogues. He says his peace is like a sword, which sounds like the least peaceful peace that I've ever heard of. So what does his peace look like? It's not where you're from. It's not where you're going. As God's people, we're entering deeper into a relationship with God. This relationship brings peace within ourselves, peace between us and others, It's a peace to which the invitation list keeps growing. With every baby that is born, one more name is invited into this peace, which is exactly why God's peace is restless. In Paul's letter, he starts talking about the roots of this peace, roots like a tree. And he reminds us of how God's peace has triumphed in the most challenging of circumstances. But then he says that this message is to be proclaimed to the Gentiles, which wouldn't be a problem except that In the eyes of the Jews, the Gentiles aren't from here. The Gentiles were the ones causing all those challenging circumstances. The Gentiles were the people who enslaved their ancestors, who make fun of how they eat and how they talk. So when God says he wants to add their names to the invite list, it's a little like the brother at the party picking his nose who gets a gift, even though it's not his birthday. The Israelites had been God's faithful people. And all of a sudden, the Gentiles get to jump in halfway through the movie and they still get all the good stuff. And beyond that, the Gentiles just don't want to just join the party. They're bringing their own music, their weird-smelling food, different languages, grumpy Aunt Marge, tacky clothes, all around chaos. That doesn't sound like peace. The road to God's peace won't always feel peaceful. But God won't stop until all of his children have been invited in. We're in the holiday season now, in case you missed it. We have been since Walmart decided to shove us into it in October. But when you're celebrating Thanksgiving, you don't invite one of the kids and tell the others to stay in their room. It wouldn't be Thanksgiving without the whole family. You invite the whole family. And you'll be restless until the whole family is there. And God is restless until his whole family has been invited into his peace. So once you have it, God turns you around and sends you back out to proclaim it to the Gentiles. 
because it's not a peace for us. It's a peace that's meant to be shared. Now, all of us in this room are Gentiles, which might lead you to think we're off the hook, but we're not. Paul's reminder is that it doesn't matter if Aunt Marge's tacky sweater drives you nuts, if that family's food leaves you feeling slightly queasy. God wants their name on the invite list. This is the holiday season, and this is God's table. It's God's family table, and God will be restless until the whole family is here. I believe that God puts things on our hearts. God puts people on our hearts. In this holiday season, I believe that we are called to listen for those names and invite them. To say, I know you're not from here, but I think you belong here. There's room at this table for you right here next to me, and you'll join us and we will glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ together. If you'll join us together, we will praise the Lord and together we will place our hope in Christ. At this table... No one is from here, because it's not a table from earth, it's a table from heaven. We've all been invited, we've all had to say yes, but it's where we belong. Because at this table, we're gathered by the words we say Sunday after Sunday. May the peace of Christ be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Lord, this Sunday we remember that we are united by your peace. That while we are divided by many things, by beliefs, by preferences, by movie choice, by age, we are united in you. Today, gather us to this table in your spirit. That this holiday season, this table might become your family table once again. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.